All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Limitless MD. I'm your host, Vikram Ryan. Today, I have a good friend, Josh Zaglowski, who is an entrepreneur for almost 20 years, had a very successful career as a commercial real estate um, you know, uh, investor, but then found upon an idea that literally took his life from you know linear to exponential. He uh, saw that there's this... Um, availability of a credit that the government was providing called the employee retention credit to help people during the COVID. And he didn't have the expertise to learn it or, or he reached out to his CPAs. No one figured it out, but he finally realized, you know what? He needs to dive in, learn this and, and provide this opportunity for other business owners. And now he's helped $8 billion worth of credit available to business owners across the United States. What a remarkable journey. And he is literally like set up, you know, the last two years have been the best two years of his whole life. And with that said, I want to understand the journey. I want to understand his skill sets and his, the way he thinks and how he saw this opportunity. What if you could reclaim hours of free time each week, create legacy building wealth and devote more energy to your passion projects without giving up on your career as a life-saving MD? My name is Vikram Raya functional cardiologist, high-performance coach, and real estate expert. And I'm here to give you the tools, strategies, and solutions you need to transform your life so you can unlock your limitless potential and achieve greatness all the while freeing up your precious time. Welcome to Limitless MD. Let's dive in. So Josh, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Vic. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. We were in a mastermind in, um, in Cancun, and you were just telling me the story, and it, it still boggles my mind. How did you see the opportunity that was in front of everybody, but no one else was picking up on it? It's a great question. Um, it really comes down to, uh, like you were saying, I've been a commercial real estate investor um, for several, several years, started in uh, multifamily uh, mobile home parks and, and boutique hotels to, um, I concentrate on triple net type of stuff, mostly retail, medical, and dental. And uh, I have always been like a, obviously a serial entrepreneur. And I was a minority owner in an oil business in uh, 2020 and 2019 in Wyoming. I live in Utah and <clears throat> price per barrel in 2020 ended up being negative $60 a barrel one day. And so our oil business was suffering. And so we were trying to find extra stimulus to help combat our business. We did PPP number one, number two, get a, about 150,000 state of Wyoming grant. Um, even like in 86 years, not one, not every, uh, every well was plugged and that had not happened in 86 years. So now March 21 comes around and a friend of mine ends up being a business partner comes up to me and he says, Hey, this might help your oil business. You should take a look at it. It's called the ERC during the pandemic. There was PPP and ERC, but you couldn't get both. You can only get one or the other, but PPP was so easy to get from the banks because they were brokering the money that you know, no one really did knew about ERC. And so I, I kind of heard about it. And so I saw this from the treasury department, AKA the IRS. So I reached out to my CPA and this CPA is um, uh, like a high CPA. Um, you'd know like some of his clients, but I don't have his permission to say who they are, but he, um, he basically told me like, Hey, what you'll find out Josh is 95% of CPAs probably won't do this because this is amending your 941 quarterly payroll reports. And I want to concentrate, we concentrate on your 1040s and your 1120s. So you should talk to a payroll company. So I reached out to ADP and, pay, and uh, Gusto, my reps, and they both told me like, hey, sorry, we're not amending 941s. We just do active returns. So you might just need to find a third party that can help you out. 
And I was like, man. And I reached out to two, three different companies, just didn't feel comfortable after a couple of weeks. And then just got with a couple, uh, another friend of mine ended up being the other co-founder. And we said, we sort of business, just help businesses with this. You know, when we first started, it was, you had to have 500 employees or less. Um, and then a 20% revenue loss with your business comparing your 19 quarters and your 21 quarters. And this is up to $26,000 per W-2 employee. So it's almost too good to be true, you know? Um, and that's really how he started the business um, at the very beginning and how I kind of, I, I found it per se, but it's, it was out there just, they made it pretty difficult to, uh, for the regular business owner to do. So you, you, you had the need, you looked for an, op, uh, you looked for the help to actually do it for yourself when it wasn't available. Not only did you learn about it to do it for yourself, you're like, Hey, someone else might benefit from this. And it was not to create a, you know, an empire or anything like that. It was really just, Hey, let's help help other companies out, you know, and, and yeah. provide a service. And it was so lucrative uh, in terms of what the government was providing, but people didn't know how to access it. Is that right? That's correct. And, uh, and to your point, the one thing I was going to say too, is being in commercial real estate, and I, I know you understand this too, Vic, is um, you got to have the who, not how mentality. And there was a book that came out about two, three years ago. And I, I was already doing that in commercial real estate, but then when I read the book. I was like, wow, I need to do this in every part of my business. And uh, that's why rather than trying to figure out how to do this and all that stuff, I got the right people in place um, to then make an empire out of it eventually. But there, there was a few different people. Sometimes people had the mentalities like, I don't want to give up this much equity or this much ownership. But in reality, once you start doing that, you don't have to do every little piece. You have people that actually have skin in the game of equity that want to make this bigger. And that's what really kind of helped us is I... Um, I really portrayed to my partners um, that the who, not how mentality. And we all have that mentality now. And it's it's pretty remarkable on what we've accomplished in now. Uh, it'll be two years in May. That's amazing. And so a lot of people have heard the what the you know the book by Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy, Who Not How, but how did you apply that specifically? Can you tell me like what that means to you when when you hear the word who not how? Like what does that concept actually mean in your company? Yeah. So when I was flipping a lot of homes uh, before I got into commercial real estate, I've always been in real estate and other entrepreneur side. I was, I was the, I had the marketing cap on, I had the accounting cap on, I had all these things and I was given maybe 20% effort to every single one, you know? And uh, if I would, and a lot of people, you sometimes you have to bootstrap it and you have to do that because you don't have the capital. You don't have money to go hire a bookkeeper on a monthly basis or an assistant or whatever it is. I get that. Um, but because I had that mentality, rather than trying to figure out how to do it, figure out who could do it with me and spend the exact same effort with better um, abilities, that's why it ended up being successful. And so now I, I had that mentality more so than ever than I had before. That's amazing. And so, so as you started getting traction and this employee retention credit specialist company started taking off and you guys, you know, you had some co-founders and partners how did you go from you know this is a nice cute thing we're doing to man let's get seven let's get eight let's get nine figures going like how did there must have been a leap of faith there must have been a, an aha moment were, were you also worried about the government potentially shutting it down i mean yeah to put all your eggs in this in the in this tour of this this project which is sort of maybe time bound even yeah all of it 
um, and every little piece of it. You know, the one thing about this program is it does take six months for the IRS to send out the money. So when we first got going, we did some a small amount of marketing, but I would say one out of 10 companies actually decided to work with us because we wanted to charge up front, um, but they didn't want to wait six months. So then we said, we got to change this up a little bit. And on two things, one is we need an affiliate network of people that want to you know, talk to their friends and family or people that own businesses to refer them to us. And we'll give them a commission for that. Uh, because it's a relationship sale. And the other thing we need to do is make it so we're going to have to bootstrap this and also put money in and wait six months to be paid. And we'll only get paid if they get paid. Once we change that business um, plan, that's when we had tons of success, you know, and even our mutual friend, um, Craig Ballantyne, you know, um, early on, he, I mean, he's not even a U.S. citizen. He saw it very early on um, as the opportunity. He was like, wow, you could help out you know, Fit Body Bootcamp, because I own a couple of those in the States. And let me refer you to Bedros Koulian. And, and we end up helping more than half of, the, we, we helped the headquarters of Fit Body Bootcamp. Then we end up helping half the uh, gyms, na- you know, nationwide over, I think over 300 gyms we helped or so. But it was because we had to change that business plan of like, hey, we're just going to wait to get paid, but we'll do all the work in front of it, you know? And so there was a lot of things we had to change. In addition to that, while we're waiting for money to come for six months, we were definitely talking to tax attorneys to like say, you know, what's our what's our risk here? You know, if we get this really big, what's the what's the risk of this and risk of that? And we had all those conversations with multiple uh, tax attorney firms, and then felt a lot more comfortable on base on their advice and what they said the direction should be and how we should help protect ourselves. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. So, uh, expert tax and legal advice. A lot of people say, oh, I don't want to pay pay that, but really. It's pennies compared to the the yeah. savings that these experts can provide you. So whether you're in a real estate business, whether you're in a medical legal business, whether you know you're in um, uh, a business like Josh's, it, it again having a team and a board around you of super intelligent, highly you know um, experienced people who've already seen around the corner can really guide a company to that next stratosphere. So. Now that you started, you know, hitting all these, uh, you know, uh, sales, how did you, how did it not break the company? Meaning, like, you you told me eight billion dollars of, um, you know, of uh, credits were given out. That seems like a lot for a small company. How was that able to be done? Basically, system and automation. So one of the one of the architects, one of my partners, Justin, is that guy. It's kind of like that who you know, and uh, and we've said, you know. The, the company isn't where it at is it where it's at without him and then there's there's parts that their company's not uh where it is without me and my other partners too we all had a different types of role that each one of us that's what's really cool about our partnership too is each one of us are um we all know that if we had one partner pull out you know and something didn't happen we would be hard to replace that partner they're all integral um with our success and um and it's been fun, you know, doing things with with our partners and our spouses and, you know, kind of, you know, building our personal relationship, because for a while we we all of us had our head down and we were just plowing through, you know, and uh, you talk about eight billion dollars. It's crazy because today is uh, March 20th and we hit that. <clears throat> but the biggest thing we're actually more excited about, I'm just pulling up right here, is we've helped 47,133 businesses as of today. Wow, that's actually more remarkable to us than the number. 
because a lot of companies that now competitors, because when we started this, we were probably the first six to nine months and we didn't have any competition. Now there's a lot more companies. It's like, wow, there's an opportunity here, you know, and that's totally fine. You know, I compare us to like Tesla, you know, Tesla, even Elon said, hey, I'm waiting for other manufacturers to finally compete with us because I want that. I want us to have a better electric car. But he's so far ahead, you know, like like us that you don't really look at like all this other competition. But our there's competition out there that don't they do not want to help people under 10 employees. They only want to help above 10. But we want to help everybody. You know, if you have two employees, three employees and my best testimonials are from people that have single digit companies or employee companies. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, I love the mission. And I, I think that's why you guys grew so because your heart's in it. It's not just, hey, it's not a dollar sign for you guys. Yeah. Um, so the 8 billion, we got 47,000 companies that were helped. And again, this is not something that you really sought out. I mean, you were really in the real estate, you were in oil and gas, and then now you, you got into this. What's next for Josh? And then before I do that, actually, let me go back a second. I'm hearing a lot of different partners that were involved in, in ERC. Yeah. Um, I, I've had good partners. I've had horrible partners. And um, tell me about <laughs> partnerships. And I thought, in, in, you know, in traditional thinking, one, two, and many, you know, in terms of partnerships, like yeah. how many partners in a company that you can have? So are everyone's an equal partner? Or is there like levels of partnership? Is it, is it, are you guys ruling by consensus or is there a leader? How does that work? So as far as a company, we have our CEO, you know, I'm in charge of business development, my CTO. Um, there is not one majority owner, number one. So it's, there's a, there's seven um, equity partners um, and they're all different equals on their percentages. Um, but again, there's not a majority like I was mentioning before. And the thing is, is, you know, was there times that uh, there was frustration with a partner or whatever? Absolutely. We'd all we'd lie if we said that was it was all roses the whole time, you know. Once we got to a plateau, though, as far as where we saw everyone should be, that's when it made it so. It's like, oh well, now I'm so glad this person or that person is in their role. Um, we were just trying to find exactly what that was because we were all just like, okay, it's your turn to do this. And sometimes it is the who not how mentality, even internally, like meaning like, hey, can you take care of this? Well, yeah, but that's not my expertise. Okay, but we need somebody needs to take care of that you know, cause I, I, I'm terrible at it or whatever it is. And then we kind of, as we grew in our, in our, now we're having money coming in the door from the, you know, the IRS sending out checks, we were able to hire right, the right executives, the right uh, managers to manage different departments that have expertise in that department. You know, one thing I heard you say is like, you had the family involved. Um, how, how important is it to have family sort of integrated into your company versus, um, you know, clock in, clock out, and then you come home, hey, honey, I'm home. And then, you know, you're, they don't have any clue what you're doing. You have no clue what they're doing. And it's, you know, you're just trying to get by. Like uh, your kids, your your wife, like, are they, obviously, are they supportive? Like, how are you able to keep that work-life balance or yeah, the work-life I mean, counterbalance? Yeah, like my wife's very supportive. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be sitting here without her because, it, there was a lot of long nights, you know, and none of our, none of our spouses are uh, just trying to think of all the equity partners. All of our spouses aren't also part of the business. They're supporting their, their spouse. That's part of the business. We do have a couple kids um, from one of our partners that work for us and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's, you know, it's a, it's one of the spouses on one side, but 
you know, my, my wife is, she's an entrepreneur wife, you know, so there's a lot of things she's had to get used to that she wasn't used to early on in her marriage, you know, and now, you know, she's been seasoned and uh, gone through a lot of blows, you know, yeah, yeah. and, uh, and because of that, it's made us stronger, not only personally, but in business, you know, and so, you know, like you mentioned, what's the next thing? The next thing is commercial real estate. Cause that's where I've always, that's always been my passion. Um, and this is going to go for another, you know, year, year and a half, like pretty, pretty heavy. Uh, that's going to kind of plateau, you know, hopefully it doesn't plateau before that, but it might, you know, we don't know. Um, but, uh, for the most part, you know, I'm already starting to do stuff in the commercial real estate side, um, on a small scale because I still got the, the thoroughbred running, you know, um, as far as ERC. So you don't want to let that go, but at the same token, it's been a, it's been a huge blessing, um, not only for myself, but my, for my family my partners, I'm very happy for all of us. Um, and it's been just a fun ride, um, of going through things on the ups and downs and looking back and just having a big smile on our face that, wow, you, you know, look what we've accomplished and look where we're still going. So uh, what's the advice for a lot of the entrepreneurs out there? There's a lot of them are doctors and things who are doing things on the side, like, you know, how do they uh, navigate this uncertainty that's coming up? It's funny. So um, you talk about family a little bit. Um, and this was three nights ago, my 10 year old, she's my oldest daughter. I have four kids. She, we're in the hot tub and we're in Utah. So it's cold, you know, but we like to go to the hot tub late at night. And she just asked me, dad, how do I start my own business? And uh, it's the first time she's ever even asked me that. And I actually pulled back and I said, it's not really necessarily teaching you how to start a business. We need to go over some psychological things first. And this goes along with what you're saying about doctors is I, I've taught business classes, real estate classes. And one thing I always tell people is like, the first thing we got to make sure we can get over is your fears, fear of failure, fear of losing money, fear of, you know, this or that, uh, fear of rejection, you know, cause that's going to happen all the time. You know, and uh, we have to get over that because a lot of people always say, well, I should have, would have, could have, I should have done this 30 years ago. I could have done that 10 years ago. I had a good chance of doing this. Well, it's because you had fears and that's the reason why you didn't make that choice. You know, we just got to figure out what that fear is and how we can overcome that. So with doctors, with my own daughter, you know, the first thing is those fears, you know, getting over what those fears are. Then we can kind of look at, you know, getting the right people in place on what your skills are and if you need other people to be in business with you and what that would kind of look like as you transition into your commercial real estate uh what asset class do you like my side is i love retail medical and dental um i underwrite that really well um i uh, i've been in i i've been um i've had a couple of big opportunities this last like 60 90 days to look at some a and b class multifamily um, I won't do anything less than that, but I also have to have the right partners in place, you know, and I say that because like, I have a good friend. I was on a, I was actually on a podcast earlier this morning and it got it, the subject got brought up about some, uh, a multifamily. Oh, it was, a they were guys asking me about a, a big opportunity or whatever. Anyways, I was telling him, I said, you know, a good friend of mine, uh, I won't say his name, but, uh, he's got about 4,500 doors and he was an LP on a deal in, in, uh, Texas. And he, he put in a million dollars. And the reason why he called me is because the GPs, which were technically his students, um, you know, closed on the deal. And it was a $60 million deal. And they basically crapped the bed. You know, they they haven't done anything with it. And they got a property management company. The property management company wasn't doing credit checks. They're just letting people in. It was a B class. 
And uh, it's a disaster. Now they're, these GPs are giving him all the GPs so he can take it over. And he's trying to stabilize it and then maybe flip it for you know, 75, 80 million in three or four years. So what, what's the moral of that story? Is just having the right partners and making sure you uh, you do your research on them too. You know, it's not just the property sometimes. And so for me, I'm I'm having these opportunities. And I had one come in Idaho just last week. And I'm I'm asking the guy, how many deals have you done over five million? He hasn't done one. And this is a $21 million deal. Right. And I'm just like, wow, that's that a bank is gonna ask you that. Yeah. You know, a bank is gonna want to know your history on certain and your resume in a certain asset class, you know? So, and so I love what you're saying, Josh. It's like, you know, I think it's important to do the due diligence on the property, but do due diligence on your partners and on the team, the leadership team who's, who's running the, the project. Yeah. So let's, let's switch gears here. Let's talk about some fun stuff. Uh, I see Steve Young. Uh, if, if you're on the YouTube channel, guys, he has <laughs> Steve Young's Jersey in the back. Uh, what, what are some of your passions and what do you like to do with your free time and your money now that you have some? Yeah, so I've uh, I've always been a sports guy. I grew up in a small town in Morgan, Utah, a four-sport athlete, and um, I I played college basketball. And uh, with that, I was actually better at football than I was basketball. But I my passion was basketball for sure. But with that, um, you know, I grew up as a going to a lot of Weber State. I was a Weber State ball boy most of the, sometimes because my uncle was the athletic director of Weber State, which is that's where Damian Lillard played. Nice, and uh, which is a small uh, college in, uh, Ogden, Utah, but my passion was, has always been sports. And then now with having kids, I've coached my two boys right now, they're 16 and 13 I don't coaching currently, but I've spent probably four years, five years coaching them, uh, with their teams. We've, we've won some championships. We've, we've lost some championships, but overall, um, you know, now they've seen, you know, different, they've been to different mastermind groups as far as the whole family coming, and they definitely want to be in some sort of business. The one thing I've been telling them lately is because Melda said about six months ago, like, hey, I don't I don't want to go to college, dad. And it actually kind of hit me a little bit. Like, I get it because the ROI on college has definitely gone down over the last 10 years, 20 years. But I don't like that saying, you know. And so I kind of came back to him about a day or two later after thinking about it says, you know, let's just say you need education. Let's just not say you, you don't want to go to college. You need yeah. education. College is under education, yeah. but you need education. If you want to go in real estate, you need education for that. I can't be your person that's going to be your instructor. You know, you need to go through some sort of third-party course and uh, go through it and go through all the rigmarole with it because I just noticed my kids, and I've, I've had a lot of people tell me this too, my kids learn better from other people, you know, and so I want them to go through some sort of education. If they want to be a plumber, go to plumbing school. If you want to do whatever it is, Right. And so my passion is now my kids and my wife um, and just, you know, traveling, traveling with them, showing them the world because I've, I've traveled most of the world, you know, already. And so anyways, that's, that's pretty much it. Just enjoying them and their sports and their activities and keeping them active. Give me, uh, give me your top three mentors and top three books and we'll wrap up here. Wow. Um, books. I'll, I'll say books first while I think about the mentors. Um yeah. The books, um, I've always been a huge fan of uh, Craig Ballantyne's actually Perfect Day okay. Formula. Yeah, love that. Um, Who Not How. And uh, one book I really enjoyed was uh, The Human Connection. I really enjoyed that one. Um, it's 
it's kind of a weird one. People are like, well, what's your top three? Um, <laughs> but it's because when I was so engulfed and I was like, so I, I agreed with everything he was saying when yeah. I was going through that book and I was, I'm always a human connector as well. Um, as far as mentors, um, Scott Scheel, um, that's my commercial real estate mentor, uh, Mark Evans. Um, he's more of a business mentor and then Craig Ballantyne. Nice. Nice. All right, buddy. That was awesome. Thank you for all your information and uh, sort of uh, opening the Komodo and sharing with how you built an amazing company with ERC and also allow that journey of, you know, what's next after you hit your goals, which is giving back to community. Sounds like you're coaching, you know, your kids, uh, you're traveling, you're coaching local students, and you're just trying to make an impact. And those 47,000 companies, I'm sure <laughs> thank you so much. So appreciate everything you've done for everybody. And um, it's been it's been a pleasure, my friend. So guys, uh, what's the best way uh, if people want to do ERC, what's the best way for them to connect with you? My email is Josh Z at ERC Specialist, or they can go to the website if they want to apply, ERCSpecialist.com. Okay, guys, ERCSpecialist.com. If you... If your company may benefit from this and he he sort of referenced, you know, sort of the, the caveats, but if I were you, I would just apply and see if, you know, if you're, uh, if you had a business during the COVID period, uh, see if you would qualify. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, appreciate you supporting the podcast and until next time, be phenomenal. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Limitless MD. If you found value from this episode, I encourage you to share this episode with a friend and let me know by leaving a review. For more information, make sure you check out the links in the show notes below or simply visit VikramRaya.com. So until next time, my friends, be phenomenal.